I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Satan, you bow your knee. Satan, you bow your knee. You fall on your face. You fall on your face. COVID-19. guys hey what's up you want to hear something kind of fucking cool yes actually sure. i don't know if cool is the right way to put it this is and this is kind of old news but uh we didn't talk t- touch on it uh, but i kind of feel like we should because it's it's actually you know what yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm gonna say this is cool news okay cool news alert um canada our 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 home and native land uh, was the first country to to pull their athletes out of the Tokyo Olympics this year. Yeah, that was back in March. Yeah, it was before that, they were even postponed. Before the Olympics were even postponed. We, but we, that's yeah. only it was, it was, cool in relation to how things played out, which if it had gone the other way, it would have <laughs> been But it was, like, it it was like a day or two before they were postponed. Like it, They were definitely, like Canada definitely was the first country to step up and be like hey yo we need to do this i think and that, then yeah. basically everybody else followed suit and i think that's pretty cool for us to, for like the country to be like look we're not putting our fucking our like beautiful i mean they're beautiful they're beautiful i don't know why our athletes are so goddamn good looking but our beautiful good looking <laughs> strong like just perfect perfect specimens we're not going to take them and chuck them into the chuck them in, in chuck them into the old covid bucket of 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 ugh, you know we're gonna we gotta yeah. we're, we gotta keep them safe and we're gonna we're not gonna allow them to go to the olympics if the olympics aren't postponed and because i, I, I guess because i guess tokyo was kind of like no 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 no, like hold on hold on we don't want to we don't want to stop the olympics yet and canada was like well it it's it, every, it's every stopped, everyone's bro. everyone's sneezing dude <laughs> everyone's got mad you know, sneezes. Hey, everyone's hey, everyone's sneezing up here, eh? And oh. we gotta, we just gotta fucking put our oh, fucking got, foot down. Oh, everyone's got those sneezes there. Everyone's sweating here, eh? And it's not sweating from working hard. It's just because they got fevers. Everyone's eh? sweating with fevers, eh? And and fucking bunch of hosers over there in Japan. And we just we don't want we don't want all the hosers mixing together and sneezing all over each I, other. You I know do, what I'm I do think though that um, you know, like that that is that that does take a. Because like the Olympics are the Olympics are really a really interesting thing. Like they're they're such a like they're such a 
for a lot of people, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, that are fucking like Olympic naysayers and hate it. But like there's there's a lot of people in the world where the Olympics are like a really big deal, a really important deal, a really mm-hmm. big like, um, you know, important historic event that happens. And it's a very big political event. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and so for for Canada to like to make that call like man that couldn't have been a that couldn't have been an easy decision it's kind of kind of wild no yeah. it's like it's it's extremely challenging i mean for many athletes um yeah Brad, that's their life yeah like, you're you're uh you're Bo. she's she's like training her little her very good looking very good looking very fit <laughs> fit buns off to get into the olympics um yeah you know and what were her thoughts on on all that what did maddie think about um like did, um, did, did you I guys think, talk about that yeah yeah absolutely I, I mean it's it's devastating for any athlete whose goal is to compete on the olympic stage to you know have that postponed and and at that point when when canada made that decision um japan hadn't said that the olympics were going to be moved back a year they they were actually still planning on going ahead at that time so like hearing that canada was was pulling out like there's this level of you know, of course, Maddie understood why they were doing it. So um, she was very supportive in the fact that they were saying that, you know, Canadian athletes would not attend. Mm-hmm. However, there is like there has to be that level of, you know, devastation and concern that they will still try to put on the event without having Canadian athletes there. So I think because fortunately, because it was such a, a quick turnaround time in um Tokyo actually making the announcement that they were going to be postponing the games for another year. Mm. Um, it, it, it added some relief to that. Um, but also, like, you know, we're sitting here in, in May now, and um, the world is still very much, you know, affected by this global pandemic. And, you know, the longer we go, I think the more we start to feel like things are going to take longer and longer to open back up and yeah. it's it's harder to like wrap your head around what it would be like having a mass gathering you know anytime in the next year the so. biggest the biggest gathering the biggest I mean, yeah. yeah we were in yeah. vancouver we were brian and i uh were in vancouver in 2010 for the olympics and um that was our first time to vancouver and i mean i i think you would agree with me brian that the second time going to vancouver when the olympics were not there that city is not the same city. If your first not. if your first impression of Vancouver was Vancouver during the Olympics, then you were not you weren't going to Vancouver during the Olympics. You were going to the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Is it's a, like, it is a different it, thing. Yeah, it's like if you uh if the first time you ever drank alcohol uh and you drank <laughs> you drank alcohol um uh, and then and 90%. then yeah yeah and then and then you and then you were like well that was fucked i'm not gonna do that for at least for another four years and then four years down the road you you have a beer and you're like what this is this what I nearly what i remember it like i think um i think i think canada is canada is also in a very in a very interesting position in relation to our relationship with the united states and how and how you know canada canada in a lot of ways sort of like either follows on the footsteps can, can kind of follow in the, in the wake of what the U S does or, or they, or maybe we can see things developing in a different way, how things play out in the U S and then make decisions based on that because we're so closely related. So you can see, do you feel like, do you feel like since coronavirus has started though, that 
that because I, I agree with you that that like that's that kind of seems to be the way things have always been. But do you feel like since Corona started, it's like like I'm looking at Canada. I, I always used to look at Canada as like eh, we were just like we're at passive up here. We're like, well, what are you guys doing down there? You guys are going to. OK, well, yeah, we'll, 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 we're, we're just going to go with these guys. We're, we're with them. Whatever they say, we're, you know, we're, I, you know, it's just, just well, it's, now it's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Well, no, no, we're, yeah. no we're, we're good. We're good up here. We're good. We're going to do our own Definitely. thing. We're going to do our own thing. I think we got this figured out. You know, like I feel that's like, a numbers game. That's a numbers thing. You know, I mean, like you get you get you, you have 300 and however many 350 million people in a country and you're going to get massive swaths of dummies <laughs> coming together doing <laughs> dumb stuff just dummies doing dumb stuff i do want to i do want to come back to the um to the athletes that, for a second not, not, i think not that we don't have our dumb people i'm saying oh. we got dummies doing dumb stuff too there's just they're just the the, yeah. the groups are smaller so they don't get the same attention i want i want to come back to the athletes for a second because i think the other thing that's um important to acknowledge is that you know it's not just that the olympics are are now postponed until next year. A lot of athletes are, especially because it's the summer games, you know, we're coming into the, like the, you know, the competition season for a lot of people. So um, a lot of their competitions, things that they've been training for all winter um, and, and waiting to see the results of that training in the off season, they're actually not able to compete right now. So it's not even the fact that the Olympics has been postponed. It's like all of the hard work during the off season is now not able to be realized, yeah. which is which I think is really devastating, especially for that's you know, not Maddie's, that's uh, not cool uh, news. That's that's uh, uncool. That's uncool. Yeah, news. and and being like a canoe kayak athlete, and there's a lot of sports. Summer sports are in the same um, boat. Pun not necessarily intended, but sure, I'll go with it. Um, they, they like they're not able to now compete, and so basically, this is the start of almost another off season except mm. an extended one where, you know, you're not able to actually do the thing that you love to its full potential. So and athletes I think that's train to like a, a bummer. physical, a lot of athletes train to like to, they train specifically to, to physically peak at a certain time of the year. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a goal in mind, I mean, you can't even, it's a very hard to even train for anything because your training is sort of revolves around a time frame of being the best at a certain point. And that can be months and months in the, into, in the future. And if you don't know what your future looks like, then you're not even like, I know in the cycling world, which is what, I'm, what where, where my focus is in terms of athletics is focused. They, there's just like, you don't even know what to, you don't even know what to do or how to do it because there's just nothing on the horizon to even do it for. And so then a lot of organizing, uh, oh. a lot of, Sorry, a lot of organizations to our left are, are left kind of um, trying to decide, you know, well, who is the national team now? Like, how are we going to allocate funding for the next season? Um, do we still try to host a competition, you know, towards the end of the summer season, say September, for example? Like, there's still a lot of, you know, things that are up in the air. So even though you're training, like you're you were training for this intended peak, which was summer competition, it's now like well, will we be able to race this summer? Should we go back to working and focusing on more technical stuff? Should we be focusing to, you know, be in more of like an off-season type training block? So I think because there's a lot of uncertainty, I mean, I imagine that that is extremely stressful for for athletes. It's more of a question for, it's more of a question to put out there and to get some feedback on 
<clears throat> from anybody who's um, in the uh, like the sports, maybe in the sports medicine um, sphere, is there's a lot of talk about coronavirus in terms of you know if you're healthy, you've got less to worry about because you've got a healthy immune system, you don't have underlying health conditions, uh, whatever. Um, but um, athletes, especially especially um, endurance athletes, have um, uh, training drastically suppresses your immune system because your body is working so hard to become to to become more fit and to repair and adapt and so you can often see that when you actually overtrain you open yourself up to illness like really easily so if you overtrain it can be really easy to come to catch a flu or to to come down with a cold i'm wondering if like really highly trained athletes might actually maybe not be in the same category as somebody like yourself jer who has cf um, what are you saying? What do you what do you immuno, what, immuno, what what are you saying? You uh, saying I'm weaker? You saying I'm weak? You saying I'm, I'm weak? Saying, you saying I'm, I'm weak? Saying, I'm wondering if these athletes slot into the kind of like pathetic human category that Jer is, <laughs> and, and 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 if they and if being at that if if training at that that really really high level actually makes these really fit people more susceptible to coronavirus uh, being something that uh, actually really does intensely affect them. Well, that's interesting. Uh, if you're if you're a sports medicine expert, uh, you can send an email to intern at sickboypodcast.com and I will read it through my tears. <laughs> yes. Your e- is it not? <laughs> your email is intern at sickboypodcast.com? Oh is my. it not measly intern? I thought it was measly intern. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, bad intern. Bad intern. It's, it's um, measly intern at sickboypodcast. Uh, Interesting little thing here. I mean, you know, let, let's wrap up this Olympic talk because, uh, um, you know, we've got other things to talk about. But I do want to say this. Since the first modern Olympics in Athens in 1896, the games have only been canceled during the World Wars, including 1916, 1940, and 1944. That's it. This is a very uh, historical oh, yeah. moment that we are currently living in. <clears throat> Big time. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm chewing, which I fucking hate on podcasts. I was just eating porridge, hoping anybody didn't hear me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not chewing porridge. I'm chewing. So listen, guys, I, I, I actually wasn't going to bring this up, but I, but, but, um, you know, I just kind of follow. I kind of just follow my nose with this whole hosting thing, and and go down whatever whatever little road my my tricky don't, my tricky little brain wants to don't, go. Don't talk like that. And so uh, somebody in the world sent me a package. Somebody sent me a package, okay? Mm. And, and uh, I'll say this. I'll say this. That week, that week that, um, that we had a very emotional week, um, and I got, I got like pretty emotional on both podcasts on this, and, and turn me on, I was, I was a real wreck. And we put it out to the world, and someone could hear my hurt, and they wanted to make my day, and they truly did. Um, the, the person that made my day, I don't know who the fuck they are. Some anonymous person called up Good Robot and got them to send me an order of beer, but didn't want to say who they were and just said they were a listener and they, they wanted to cheer me up. And so they sent me like a, a bunch of beers from Good Robot. So we just wanted to take this uh, moment to no, say no, 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 no. Uh, you're an asshole for not sending any to uh, Lauren and Taylor and I too. Thanks a lot. Uh, so... <laughs> So they care about me more than you. And then, and so I was like, fuck, that's a really sweet thing. And then the other day I get a package and the package is, there's no, like, there's nothing on it to tell me who this is from. So I'm like, oh my God, another anonymous package. 
And so I, <laughs> I open it up, and there's a slip. There's a sli- there, all that's in there is a slip of paper, a plastic bag, and a bunch of confetti in the bottom of the package. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I pull out the paper, and the paper just simply said, "Eat a bag of dicks." And then, and then the the, pla- <laughs> the plastic bag was a a bag of gummy dick candies. So it's literally a bag of dicks. And so I started eating them, and I was like. Oh, and the confetti was a bunch of dick confetti. So I go to this website called. I know uh, who I know who it was called Dick. Do you do know? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know for sure. No, it wasn't Jesse. I asked Jesse Heyman. It was not him. Yeah, wow. you asked me if it was me. I, asked, I, I wish I'd had. Yo, that guys, idea. I've fucking asked everyone. I've asked everyone. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was Jesse for sure. Mm. Yeah, so, me too. But, so I've asked all my friends. And, and like, Jeff? It, like even no, wasn't Jeff? Wasn't yeah. even Yip from Amsterdam? And like him and hey, I sent semi hey, shit. It's Jeff's birthday today. It is happy birthday. Yeah. Jeff. <laughs> happy, happy birthday, birthday Jeff. Jeff! Our manager's happy birthday. birthday, Jeff. Um, so I've asked all my friends. So now I'm starting to think like, because like if it was a friend that sent me a bag of dicks of candy, that's pretty funny. But if it was a stranger that sent me a bag of dicks, was this meant to hurt my feelings? Because well, yeah, perhaps it, <laughs> it was an enemy. Because it. How is that going to hurt your feelings? Well, eat a bag of dicks. Like that's a, you don't say eat a bag of dicks to your friend unless you want your friend to laugh. But it, hey, Jared, speaking of a bag of dicks, I had a dream last night that you uh, brought me to a swinger party, and <laughs> it was really interesting. Yeah, Did you eat a bag of dicks. And were you? Did it? you say speaking of eating a bag of dicks? <laughs> well, there was a, there. Was, I mean, no, I, there was a melange of dicks there. Oh, is all I'm saying. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of dicks. A melange. A, a melange. There was a, a melange. It's a French word. Oh, that a melange. A mixture. Oh, I I understand French. I thought you, you spoke French. <laughs> yeah, is, what the fuck? But is that the collective noun for dicks? A melange. A melange. <laughs> a melange yeah. of dicks. Yeah, it was a collection of <laughs> a mixture of dicks, different sizes, different shapes, different colors, different uh 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 maybe ethnic backgrounds. So wait, uh, Tay, let me ask you this. Uh, you had this dream, which is a very interesting dream. Because <laughs> you know, you know, it's really fucking crazy. I had a dream about. I can you. explain it to you. I, I, I already had, explained it to Kylas. It was I had, very interesting. I, well, we'll talk about it after because fucking dreams are boring. <laughs> but uh, I had a dream about you last night too, and I'm not even joking. I'll wow. tell. I'll tell you. It, mine's very different. Mine's very Call of Duty okay. uh, specific. <laughs> <laughs> you've been playing co- way too now, much Call of Duty. We've got now. We've we've much. simultaneously got Call of Duty fans who really want to hear yours, and and swingers who really want to hear yeah, mine. Turn me on, fans. I want to hear my yours. Uh, listen. Uh, speaking of fucking getting weird, um, we. Uh, I, I think most people know who uh, Alex Jones is. He's. Um, uh, you know, okay. Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize winner. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been we've been talking about conspiracy theory theorists uh, for He's the last. Killer's mentor for the yeah. For the, <laughs> <laughs> we, we we've been talking about conspiracy theorists ever since Taylor made the leap into truly believing that the Earth is flat. <laughs> And, and so, so you know, every once in a while, we'll we'll try to like we'll try to sway Taylor back to like to some sort of no- normalcy in his man. His, hey, dude. Look into it. Uh, okay, so so I don't want to I don't want to get too far into that, but but um, uh, Alex Jones is if you're not familiar with is a is is a cuckoo kind of character who's uh a, he's a bit of a piece of shit. Um, says you uh, says some, and he has a he has a he has a show called Infowars. Um, uh, you know he's been banned on like all 
social media platforms because like he's the kind of person that like <laughs> that likes to you know that likes to like spread 5g conspiracy and all that fucking shit so anyway this video came up on my fucking twitter feed the other day and i dude <laughs> man i don't know why but like when 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 people who are so wackadoo like this talk like this it i really it's like my favorite kind of funny like this oh, is <laughs> just so it's real and that especially and, when you know that they believe it oh. it actually makes my heart sad oh i know i know it you're either in one of two camps it either really fucking de- like deteriorates your day and just like ruins your fucking day or if you're like me and you're a sick fuck it makes you just tickled pink here's the video I, i'll admit it i will eat my neighbors i'm not letting my kids die I'll, i'm just gonna be honest my superpowers being honest i've extrapolated this out and i won't have to for a few years since i got food and stuff but i'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going i'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up you know what i'm ready my daughters aren't starving to death i'll eat my neighbors see my superpowers being honest i'll eat your ass i will i'm combat model optimum self-sufficiency probably the leader no. The point is, is have you thought about that yet? Because I'm somebody that thought I could fix this, and I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. You think I like sizing up my neighbor, how I'm going to haul him up by a chain and chop his ass up? <laughs> I'll do it. My children aren't going hungry. I will eat your ass. And that's why I want the globalists to know, I will eat your ass first. I will eat your ass first, wow. dude. Doesn't he Phrasing. have like, supplements? Doesn't he own like a line of supplements? Uh, who like fucking nutritional cares? Supplements? Does he, dude? I don't know, dude, man. Who gives is this, a shit? This shit is crazy. Okay, I have to ask a question. We we do a podcast where we talk about what it's like to live with illness. Like, is <laughs> it is it dangerous to like watch this video and not consider the fact that this guy might actually be mentally ill? Uh, I mean, no, well, you dude. Have you listened to him on Rogan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, yeah, I have, yeah. Brian, listen, he, he's. I don't think he's mentally ill. He, I think he's. <laughs> he's okay. just got. Well, he's I, just I, got. He's <laughs> your guru. He's your guru. Listen, so. hey, hey, listen, listen. <laughs> he's <laughs> my guru. Let me just step in here, because Brian, I think you do. <laughs> Brian, I think you do raise a a, a good point. Um, however, l- let's let's also let's also consider the fact that uh, he's made a living off of off of this character this like this yeah. mode of of like being he's he's very he's very he's not very different from say our friend kevin o'leary you know like kevin o'leary yeah. plays kevin o'leary on shark tank but when you meet kevin o'leary in real life he's like he's a, he actually is a fucking like he is an element of that in real life too like the yeah. asshole that kevin o'leary is on shark tank is is maybe like a little more dialed up asshole than, yeah, than he is in real life. Up. He really is a fucking prick in real life. Like he's he's a fucking <laughs> he's, a, he's an idiot in real life. But he but he's a little bit more of a prick on TV, right? Yeah. And so I think that I I do think that like Alex, dude, it's it, it. Well, who who knows? When there's I, an I audience, fucking, I, I don't fucking. When there's know, an audience involved, I don't. Know I guess the question is like, I guess the question is is do you think that when he says shit like that that he genuinely means it no or do you think he's just no, like being I, no a i don't character? i don't i actually don't i i think i he's he's 
it's clicks. It's clicks. Yeah. He's, and he's, I think he's he, it's he's just, dialed in. He's dialed into what he thinks people out there might be like vaguely considering or thinking about. And then he takes that on yeah. himself. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's out there thinking like, man, what's some of the craziest shit that people are thinking about right now? Now it's eating their neighbors. I want to eat my neighbor. Yeah. Now what, what's just. What's really sad, what's, what, what actually is sad about this is that there are people out there who are listening to this who, who are, you know, mentally not like not quite mm. doing okay and freaking the fuck out because of this asshole. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, and thinking things that's, that like, that's, and that's, that's way more the thing. I yeah, think. totally. I yeah. mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um. Fuck, dude, I know we're, we're going to get a slew of emails because of this clip and because we just fucking touched on this. But wh- whatever, whatever. We love you all. And we're just having fun here. But uh, I will say this. It, this kind of reminds me of you ever watch those those like super, super wacky videos of like fake martial arts teachers like like the like, like, the, like, the, like Steven like, Seagal. Movies? No, 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 no. Like the energy martial arts, <laughs> like like Tai Chi masters that are like, oh, I can I can um, I can. Mm. I can like force push you, you know, like I have this ability to block you without actually using my hands. I actually just use a, a force field around me and they're like, they're waving their hands like this. Mm. They're doing this shit. And people and are like, pe- people who are knows jujitsu just comes and chokes them. N- until well, no, pass all, out. well, no, all their, all their, all their, like all their followers are going and they're like, you know, convulsing. Have you ever seen those, those, <laughs> that shit? And like, they'll, that sounds like, that sounds like a televangelist. It's a real thing. And so then these guys, they, they start, they fucking say this and they're like, they're teaching this. To the point where they like maybe they start to kind of believe it a little bit, and then a, mm-hmm. a, a fucking MMA artist is like, I, "I will challenge you to an actual fight," and they'll go, "Yes, I will take you on with my 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 psychic powers." And then the martial artist comes in and goes, "Why is there ah, a vague Asian accent?" There, no, 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 no. There was no, a no. it was a vague Asian no. accent. It, re- no. it reminds me of that scene from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> where he, uh, he fights uh, yeah, kind, Bruce kind, Lee. Kind of like that. Although Bruce, although yeah, Bruce Lee would have would have Bruce, dude, Bruce he knew Lee was a, he knew yeah, shit. He was a fucking badass. Um, and then the and martial artist comes in and just like goes bop right on the fucking chin. And the guy's like, oh, my God, that was a lot of what? energy. <laughs> yeah, like, how did he do that? Uh, yeah. Anyway, Alex Jones is uh, is fucking crazy. And Tay, I just want actually. The Wait, hold on. What did that have to do the... with anything? What? What? What did the martial arts thing have to do with anything? Oh, he's kind of he's kind of like that. He's kind of like the fake martial artist teacher. You know, did you guys like, get that, or am I? Am I? Are you guys lost? Like I? Did you guys see the connection there? I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I liked Jared, it. I liked Jared's talking about it. Like, like you know, if you do something enough, you start to believe it, and like these martial arts. Oh, arti- sure. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, and, I, I see the and you're now. and you're spewing bullshit, but for some reason, there's all these people that like that. that totally. Like you're yeah. you're spewing yeah. stuff that is legitimately f- yeah. like fake and make believe yeah. and there's people it's like, that like it's people that the, the people that are like whoa, 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 like it's, it's uh it's like church hey it's like <laughs> no, it's, no it's actually oh that was hey. Oh, that was heavy. <laughs> hey man hey man i look look i i am gonna be the first one to step in here and say look ch- don't fucking knock church man church hey dude church, are you gonna are you gonna make me say it are you gonna make me say it it's a joke. Oh, it's come on. It's a joke. It's a joke. Listen, hey, man, man, we've been doing this show so long. <laughs> I kind of think yeah. that I could probably diagnose somebody. With <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I've talked to so many people. I just feel like maybe, oh. I, could, maybe I could be kind of like a doctor. 
Uh, okay. So so speaking of speaking of people that are just going out of their way to uh, to just get their point across. Uh, so we got Alex Jones on one side of things, who's who's <laughs> just one piece of the puzzle, and then and then and then we got this fucking guy. Now here's my thing: Florida is. Florida over the last like whatever 20 years has just become a meme of itself you know like it is it is a caricature of 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 crazy like it is you know like like the the term Florida man has literally become like you know um it's become a joke like it's it is and I've been to Florida I've been to Florida so many times and and I actually like I I quite love it every time I'm down there but it is a fucking wackadoo I'll keep saying that word. This is my word for the day. It's a wackadoo state. Now, this guy didn't the didn't the didn't the the band who plays our outro song briefly change their name to Florida Man? Which I'm so sad <laughs> that they didn't keep that name. Like that was yeah, such a well, fucking great name, Florida Man. Uh, I'm pretty sure they just got eaten up in all of the the press the news. around the ridiculous people from Florida. <laughs> There's even a game if you type in Google Florida Man and then your birthday. <laughs> and then there will be like some wild fucking headline that comes up. Really? <laughs> it's really, it's really fun. There's no, a, uh, a game for all the listeners to play. Well, wait. Yeah. Let's do that right now, Lauren. Do yours. Yeah. Why not? All right, Florida man. January tenth. Oh yeah. Type a Dude, little louder. This is, hel- this is hilarious. Florida man f- arrested for throwing pizza. <laughs> At father, after finding out his dad helped birth him, are these real? Are these real headlines? This is is mine. Real? No, no, that's not a real headline. I've got two good ones. This this is my real one. Uh, August first, twenty eighteen. Florida man makes beer run with gator in hand. Holy shit, dude! Brian, are these real? Is this how this works? Like you're actually getting real? I have two headlines. One is. Florida man wore female underwear, comma, tried on baby clothes. And then the second one is Florida man accused of forcing small alligator to drink beer. <laughs> I've got a wholesome one for mine. Florida man threatens to kill neighbor with kindness. Oh, wow. That's a, a Florida man is facing A Florida man is facing charges after he ran through a convenience store to buy beer while holding an alligator under his arm. Wow. There's a lot of errands with alligators. And this crocodiles. isn't real. These aren't real. Are I'm so real? sorry. I'm so sorry. This is. Um, are these real? I'm so. We got. Yeah, these are fucking real, dude. Mine one says. Of from, mine, one of these from Snopes. Mine. Mine <laughs> says. Mine says January fifth, Florida man puts dragon lizard in his mouth, smacks people with it. <laughs> okay. All right. This is fucking stupid. So so, uh, coming back to Florida, man. There is a man from Florida who was a little bit peeved that the state had opened up their beaches again because a bunch of fucking heavy mouth breathing, fucking dum dums wanted to go to the beach and get their tan on and and also lay on top of each other and cough in each other's mouths. So this one guy who who was angry about this, who lived in Florida, decided to protest. And here's how he did it. Good morning, Chris. I'm at Miramar Beach Access 49 here in Walton County, and today is a pretty big day. The beaches are fully reopened for the first time in more than a month. And while some residents are happy, some are not. And one of those people is Walton County resident and Florida lawyer, Daniel Olfelder. Today, he's going to be protesting the beaches being open, all while dressed as the Grim Reaper. And I'm actually joined by him now. I'm going to step back <laughs> the frame and hand him the mic so he can explain why he's here and why he is dressed the way that he is. Daniel? Thank you. 
Yeah, I'm here today to try to <laughs> make the point that we need to, I think it's premature that we open our beaches. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of public beaches and I've been so this guy uh, if you're if you can't if you're not watching the video which I, I highly suggest you check it out it's just on the beach in a full-on fucking cloak like blacked out face like his ma like mask on his face ma black gloves a giant black scythe like he's got a legit death costume and so now he hands Thank the mic Daniel. back Daniel to this woman and then just lingers behind her. We're going to have this full story and how people are reacting later tonight on News 13. It's so Reporting live in Miramar God. Beach, Faith Graham, News 13, yeah. Panhandle See, Strong. this is what I was talking about when we were having this conversation. Uh, I love I can't it. what it was. It was a week or two ago, and we were talking about how <laughs> we equate the amount of money that people make or the job that they do with intelligence. I, whoa, now, hold on. You think this guy's an idiot? Dude, I think this is the fucking most brilliant thing I've seen since COVID started. I think that it's funny, but do I think that it's intelligent? Oh, dude, this, no. is, this is the height of intelligence. <laughs> this is the height of intelligence because this guy's going, oh, you guys are, you guys are, uh, you guys are this fucking stupid. All right, cool. I'm going to dress up like death and walk around and just fucking stand and stare at you. I think in Dude, stupidity, he's no, stupid no down to their level. Way, no way. No way. No, 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 no. This is the best piece of art I've seen in my life. This is like, this, this, is, is, a, this is a Banksy. This, yes. Yes. <laughs> this is a, this is a genius of our time. Hey, uh, actually speaking of Banksy, um, Banksy released, uh, he did a piece, uh, that was in, um, that was in tribute, um, to, uh, healthcare workers. Yeah. If anybody hasn't seen that, uh, Banksy, I'm just looking up the uh, he what he did was he went to a parking lot and he sprayed a giant dick and balls on a bunch of the uh, <laughs> hoods of all the cars in a in a school parking lot and then if you he, look and up, then he if blamed you look it up, on a um, teenager. <laughs> if you Jesus Christ, if you uh, if, if you if you are interested or you're a Banksy fan, um, if you look up Banksy healthcare painting, um, there's a bunch of articles that shows the. Uh, Taylor, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. You probably know a bunch of the guys in the background of that on that Florida beach. A bunch, of, a bunch of your uh, Alex my, Jones buddies, maybe my homies. Yeah, sure. <laughs> some, some Alex Jones disciples hanging out there. I'm pretty sure I saw a few guys wearing t-shirts. Guys, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, fuck, look into it. Until you've looked into it, you've digested the evidence. Oh, God. I'm just saying. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Hey, listeners. If you like this show, you should check out Unlocking Bryson's Brain from CBC Podcasts. 13-year-old Bryson is a happy, loving boy. But a mysterious disease means he can't walk, talk, or feed himself. After years without a diagnosis, genetic scientists believe they know what's causing Bryson's illness and think it could be reversed. Join Bryson's family on their search for a medical miracle in unlocking Bryson's brain. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 
Um, uh, so listen, we, we've got a we've got a conversation today that we we will momentarily throw to um, uh, with a a woman from uh, one of our southern states down there in in uh, in Arkansas. Um, uh, from uh, I think just outside of Little Rock, I think is where she she was calling him from. Um, and uh, it's a, it's a you know what if you're if you're looking for some like heartwarming tales, uh, stay tuned because we're gonna we're gonna throw to a really a really beautiful conversation something that that came out of this uh out of this entire you know covid crisis and um it's it's a it's a story about a hero about a couple of heroes um but before we do uh i want to touch on so you know we're here feel good friday we're having good times trying to keep up the keep up the smiles keep up the keep up the uh you know the butterflies in the belly uh whatever that means and uh, we've got some some listeners have submitted some stories their own quarantine covid stories and uh, we got a, we got a slew of them, and and there's some really great ones. But I want to touch on a couple today, and maybe we'll if uh, if you have your own COVID quarantine story that you want to share with us, whatever that may be, um, feel free to to send those to us. You can you can always how can people send that to us, Lauren? What's uh, that just you can send them to uh, intern at sickboy.com. Sickboypodcast.com. That, that's your fucking email? Intern at Lauren? Uh, or <laughs> it's intern, my other email. Intern at sickboypodcast.com. Um, yeah. So, so here, here's one that came in. Uh, this, this actually made, <laughs> that has made me laugh so hard. This came in from an anonymous uh, uh, sub- submission. Uh, I had an epic video conference fail. I work for a big corporate media company, and the whole agency, 30-plus people, came together for a Friday quiz. I had logged on to the WebEx, but my video and audio on mute, or so I thought. My boyfriend came home, and we proceeded to have a massive argument about his dropkick boss not paying him and asking for him to lend him money. So I, who am very professional and quiet at work, ripped into my boyfriend telling him he needs to stand up to his boss and blah, blah, blah. Then suddenly saw all the comments on the WebEx chat that everyone could hear me. Mortified, I immediately closed my laptop and left the meeting and pretended like it never happened. Dude, that like the fucking like Zoom, <laughs> the Zoom fails that are like popping up online. You know, a lot of them are like fake and it's like dude. Oh, whatever. But that dude, <laughs> when when she said when she wrote <laughs> that that she had her video and audio on mute or sh- so she she thought and then she said my boyfriend came home and we proceeded i i thought it was a porno that i watched yesterday I, uh, whoa brian you Wait, watch porn now i what? thought you didn't watch porn i brian. thought you didn't watch what? porno nah or is that it was the por- a joke was that, it was, was that a the, joke it was a joke was that the porn you made i i also was uh, my, my brain definitely was going down that road but then it got way better when when when, when she starts Fucking laying into her boyfriend for not ha- <laughs> for not having the fucking like just being like you 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 weak weak man <laughs> you turn around and go back there and you tell him to shut the fuck up <laughs> like you imagine <laughs> you know you know what though how much street cred do you think she has from her coworkers now dude I mean yeah I probably but also it's like like think about you think about how oh okay so like for example right. I'm playing Call of Duty the other day, and no. uh, and 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 and, <laughs> and and Taylor and Kyla start getting into an argument, and we're on comms, and I'm listening through my headphones, and I'm like, God, this is so fu- this is so fucking awkward. Like, 
I'm just sitting here listening to you guys. Wait, fight. what were we arguing about? Uh, I think Kyla was like, dude, Kyla, Kyla. dude, Brian, it was. He was laying into her. I was like, oh my God, do I need to, like, do I need to fucking call someone right now? Yeah, yeah, because, dude, yeah, no, actually, listen to this. This is really funny. So we're, so we're, we're, we're fucking playing COD, and, and, and we're supposed to hop onto a, a recording, and, like, the recording's in, like, two minutes. So, like, we got to get on here and get set up. And so Taylor's playing. Oh, sorry, that and, was legit. And, yeah. and while Taylor's playing, Kyla is like so sweet in the back. She's like trying to like organize Taylor's laptop and make sure his mic's no, all set up. No, for that's hey, not you, what happened. You, you shut the you shut the fuck up. I listened. I heard. And she's trying to. And and Taylor's playing the video game. And while he's playing, he's going, Kyla. <laughs> Kyle, what, what are you? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't touch that. Don't touch that. What are you doing? And and she's like, what? I'm, what? I. I'm trying to set up your recording for you. For you. And he goes, no, you don't, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. I can, I can do that. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to log off, dude. Um, I don't think we're going to win this one. Uh, I'll see you on the chat. And then we um, get, and then, I, think and then, I'm, I, hey, hold you on. Know what? Shut, I no, will no. hold on. Hold on. No, no, you, hold on. No, I will. You, you hold on. I'm not done. She, Okay. You hold on. <laughs> and then we get on the chat and we're waiting for our guest. And uh, our guest had some technical issues. We, we couldn't record, but we were sitting there. And Kyla's in the background. And I was like, I think I was like going to tell you, Brian, about it. And Taylor's just <laughs> no, like. No, you were telling me. Taylor's you just were like, telling me. Taylor's doing this, like, like, like cut it out. Cut, don't, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. And I was like, oh, shit. You guys were like actually fighting. No, but the best part was you were telling me <laughs> and you had actually minimized the video the, the video call. So I you were telling tag. me. And, and I was watching Taylor go, cut it. No, don't. Stop. And and meanwhile, you're just chatting away, and I thought you were just doing that to be a dick, <laughs> but really, your video was minimized. <laughs> well, I will go you're along. I will go. Loud. I will gladly go along with the trope of the conspiracy theorist <laughs> and, the Alex, and the Alex Jones enthusiast. I will gladly go along with that. But sure. Okay. All right. Tell us how Kyla's an asshole, then, Tay. Well, she just doesn't fucking. She just fucking actually can i can, can i ask you this like talking about covid um have you because because tay you live brian i mean you you have the the um you have the the luxury of of like escape from your your in-laws and your and your partner by just like going into your little van hut there but tay you you share a pretty small space with kai and i know you guys mm-hmm. traveled the world together and like are close all the time but like there's a lot of people talking about how you know, like being cooped up in a mm-hmm. in a jail cell has been like really hard on their relationship or whatever. Like, have you have you guys are you guys getting into more domestic spats? And like, like, do you get we each were other's early? Nerves? Yeah, early on or more early on. We were like not early on, like after probably two weeks after the first two weeks, we probably were. And there was definitely like heightened, heightened, like sensitivity about about stupid shit. Yeah. And and then um and then, you know, we had a lot of good conversations and like a lot of like a lot of like good communication. And and then actually I I I have like re I have like really re upped my medit like spending time with meditation since we um, our since we Tim. Ha- had our conversation with Tim. And um, and that has uh, that has like also played into being um, very helpful where. Like I have, I mean, Brian, you guys all know, but like, you know, I have a, I have a tendency to be like really hard headed when I believe that I'm right. I'm like, Mm 
No. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Man? And I can be and I can be quite I can be quite like I can be quite ruthless. I'm looking over at Kyla right now and she's laughing. Um, I can be quite I can be quite ruthless and cold hearted because I'll just fucking state the facts and, and I don't give a shit about your feelings. Yeah, I, I heard um, I heard you state the facts to Kyla the other day being like, You don't gotta fucking you don't fucking touch my fucking recording shit because you don't have, you don't even know how it fucking not, works. I know how it works, you fucking not. don't <laughs> That's not, dude. That was that's not you know, what happened. That was verbatim. That was verbatim. No, it and, wasn't. And no, it wasn't. Because we were like just about to win a uh, fucking war zone. Like we were, we were this close to winning war zone. Just the two of us. And then some guy killed you, and you were like, oh, "Fuck, Kyla, what?" Like, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" No, it didn't go dude, down like you need, that. You need some it like did, we, absolute, we need to download like like little big like planet for you or something. These these these. Oh video my games are too too aggressive. So um, so it didn't go down like that. It didn't go down like that. But um, I do have the tendency to be a little bit cold hearted and uh, and unemotional um, when I am explaining stuff like that. And I and I and I sometimes I'll try to force I'll try to force how I see something onto onto somebody else. And um, right. instead of instead of approaching instead of not necessarily seeing it the way they see it, because I do see the way that people see it. I just think they're fucking wrong. Um, so, um, so, so I'll try to approach it. I'll try to approach explaining how I feel from ha- from more from their emotion, from where they are emotionally rather than yeah, manipulate them a little bit. Yeah. 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 yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's been, and that's been helpful. We've been, and, and now the arguments that we've been having, um, have been much fewer and farther between. And, um, and a lot more laughing about our disagreements rather than yeah. rather it was than probably like hard getting... that first first two weeks especially or or the tension was probably building over those first two weeks because <laughs> you were actually like in proper isolation yeah. for those two yeah. weeks like you yeah, couldn't yeah, even yeah. take your dog out yeah like yeah six, we didn't we didn't right. walk out of our we didn't walk out the front door of our apartment for two weeks so you were under yeah. that travel quarantine yeah. um cool well uh look i, I want to get to this episode but uh lauren will you do us a how about you read us the testy for for this week uh, we got a we got a testy from uh, from Matt, uh, and again, just a little reminder: these are these are little testimonials that come from uh, from our, our community on on uh, on Discord, our, our patrons, and uh, basically, you know, what why they listen to the podcast, and and th- and these are the re- this is the reason why we do this show is is for is for people like Matt. I will say though, Lauren, if you do mess up or misread anything, we're we're deducting your pay this month, so. Yeah. And oh, the weekly okay. beating and the weekly beating is will still very much be on the table. Okay, what's how how much gets deducted per per fuck up as a hundred dollars, hundred dollars oh, per fuck shit. up. Okay, and I'm we gonna... only give you we only give you a hundred dollars a month anyway. So so <laughs> so, and one um, more and one more lash added. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel extra. Okay, how to read? Sick boy has become an integral part of how I engage with the media. The guys are excellent at hosting and curating open and honest, yet light and fun discussions about their or their guests' generally difficult experiences, mostly, though not limited to, illness. So that almost always, uh, that experience is shed in a light the listener might not anticipate from the onset. I don't listen to many podcasts, in total, less than three consistently, but I'll continue supporting the show and the work the guys are doing because I feel their conversations are not only enjoyable to listen to and think about, 
And not only because I feel that socially they cover, they cover important ethical and practical ground in helping to undermine stigma, but also because I can confidently say that they have made me, as a 29-year-old man, better at having similar discussions in my life with friends and loved ones. And that's the gift, the value of which is surely greater than of the small monthly monetary contribution I give them in return. That is so many big, beautiful words, Matt. Yeah, Th- it was. Thank you. And you know what? It was the- hard for me to read without my glasses. And I think I messed up twice. Yeah. Well, maybe you know, three times. You read it very beautifully, and I will neither add nor deduct any lashings. Yeah. But we will take away two months worth of pay because that was two months, uh, two little mistakes. Um, uh, and listen, <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna help support uh, uh, Lauren's pay, if you want, if you want, <laughs> I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say, <laughs> if you want, if you want to uh, to allow Lauren to get paid this this month, um, then uh, then maybe you can make up for those uh, mistakes that she made by heading over to uh, mm. Patreon.com/sickboy. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, you know, it's really sweet. Um, I feel really weird about getting compliments, so uh, so that was a bit weird for me. Although to hear that um, uh, that it's helping you uh, make make have similar conversations in your own life with your family and loved ones, that's that's what that's what really is. This is all about for us. So uh, thank mm. you for your support and thank you for listening. And to all of our other patrons, uh, thank you so much. Um, you know, we love having these weekly hangouts with you and getting to know our community better. And it's just it really is a joy to see the way that you're all interacting with each other over Discord and having uh, really beautiful conversations and like being there and supporting one another throughout the week, uh, especially if we're, as we're going through these hard and uncertain times. Um, plus, so. plus, just saying, Chastity had her hedgehog on the Patreon hangout on on Wednesday night. So sad mm-hmm. I missed. And that. it was so cute, I almost burst so into tears. <laughs> yeah, you uh, did. It was. He <laughs> said it. <laughs> He said it on the on the chat. He said, "I'm gonna burst into." T-. I said, "Please, Brian, burst into tears." He said, "No, I won't." Well, let's you totally almost did. Let, let's burst right into this conversation. Um, this is uh, this is one that I'm really excited for. We get to talk to our friend Hannah all the way down in Arkansas. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, it's funny, we went into this conversation. I had, I had totally thought before this, this conversation happened that, that Hannah had uh, adopted, um, but she actually is fostering. And so, um, so it's, it's a beautiful little tale and we hope you enjoy it. Also just a little heads up. Uh, uh, we had some technical difficulties in the beginning. Uh, her mic wasn't working. So she switched over to her wife's, um, gaming headset, who, which her wife uses to play destiny and, and probably cod as well Call of duty um yeah. and so she's got that like fucking hardcore like like comms thin. headset thin yeah 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 it's, it sounds it sounds like we should be giving each other fucking cues on where the where the tangos are coming in from jared um, throw to this episode so we can hop on some call of duty dude okay? let's do it bro <laughs> let's do it uh, guys are- i'm so sad i don't get to play with you i uh, hope you enjoy it we love you all and uh and stay stay safe stay safe out there uh i guess we'll we'll we'll, we'll close this off once the conversation's over with Hannah. Well, I, I'll start this by saying, um, you know, I've I when when all when this whole COVID thing started, and and you know, even even within the midst of it, and and sometimes even still now today, it's been you know, it's been, um, it's been, oh, fuck, oh, well over a month. Um, Dude, it's been like two months. It's, yeah, it's, it's, the time's <laughs> just flying by. But it's it, it it's been almost two months. Yeah, it 
it has felt a number of times like like life has just been put on pause you know and then and then i'll like read something or i'll hear something or something will happen in my life where i go oh wait life's not on like everything is shut down everything's fucked up but life's still gonna go on and we're still gonna be we're still gonna be like experiencing things that we normally would experience even when this wasn't happening which makes some of those things that much more fucking crazy to experience and more surreal to experience. And why am I bringing this up? Well, today we're sitting here and we're talking with our, our new friend, Hannah. Hello. And hello. hello. And Hannah, you, <laughs> uh, life did not pause for you and your wife during COVID. You actually, uh, in the midst of all of this, have adopted two children? Well, okay. So we have two kids in our home. Okay. Not yet adopted. Fostering. Yes. yes. Same, but not the same, right? Right, right. Uh, you know, a little harder, I think, honestly, just personally, because we very suddenly have two kids in our house, and we don't really know what their future holds, so we also right. don't know what our future holds in that aspect. Like, who knows what's going to happen down the line? When I, when I heard when I heard that you... Um, were fostering slash adopting these these two kids. I, I immediately thought of um, like COVID nineteen and uh, and kind of like using the analogy of like Jeremy's life, where he was like, "I have this um, life shortening illness where you know I might only live to be in my thirties, so I'm gonna get married when I'm like twenty one, twenty two. I was wondering, were, if, were you like, "Oh shit, coronavirus"? I wanted to. You know, have kids. So, like, let's just get some real quick. Like, let's just go pick some up and and get those kids. Where is that what you're thinking? You're just like, I'm just going to go get some kids? Uh, It it kind of happened to us, you know? Uh, Well, you know, we have like five cats and a dog. So, we were just like leveling up, you know? Um, First a cat, then the dog, then the kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A cat, and then a cat, and then a cat, and then a cat, and then a cat. And then a dog, and we were like, "What else can we do?" Yeah, I think, I think at that point we've got five things I, that we barely need to take care of. Yeah, Let's I get think at that point you need to get a kid, un- or else your community starts looking at you very weirdly. You they're, know, worried. Like, they're worried. They're yeah, worried. Yeah, 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 yeah. For many sure. cats, they need yeah. a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we've always talked about like we we obviously can't have biological children together. You know. Do you hear that toy? I do hear that. I wasn't toy. sure if that was a cat. Started going off. No, that was a, a kid? toy. <laughs> a toy. It just there are no kids in this room, and it just started going off. It's very appropriate for yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Oh lord. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> we'd always talked about like, well, when we do want kids eventually, we'll you know either adopt or maybe one of us will carry a baby or maybe we'll just foster to adopt or whatever. Um. But we were like, you know, when we're when we pay off our student loans or um, when we buy a house, you know, it was like down the road. And I'd always said, you know, I want kids by the time that like I I, I don't want to be an older parent. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like I'd rather get it out of the way and then, you know, live my golden years as an empty nester. Um, (laughs) But but, uh, my wife turned 30 this year. And she was like, you know, it's probably start time to start thinking about what we're going to do. And then um, we got a call that said, hey, uh, we have these two kids that you are distantly related to, uh, and they need a place to go. 
So could you take them? Oh, whoa. So you weren't, in, you weren't in like a foster program? No, we had not started anything yet. We were going to oh, start wow. this year. Like that was the plan. Like whoa. she had turned 30. We were getting on it. I was like, we need a little more time. Like we need to pay off some of our loans and we want to look for a house. And the universe said, no, no, no. You're going to do this now, actually. Whoa. Here you go. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, the timing is. Uh, I didn't know I mean, that that's... that. I didn't know that that was a thing. Like, if they yes. found like a distant, like how distant are we talking? Uh, so, um, usually, what happens and here, I'm not sure how it is everywhere, but usually, what happens here is. And here is sorry, here Arkansas. for is yes. Arkansas in mm-hmm. the U.S. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, when a child is placed in foster care. The social worker is going to look for relatives. Um, that's usually immediate. Grandparents, aunts, uncles, some kind of immediate, like close relative. Mm-hmm. And when they can't do that, they'll look a little further out. Or they'll look for what's called fictive kin. So someone who is a friend of the, like a close friend of the family or a mm-hmm. teacher or someone that the child has a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Say that again. Fictive kin? Yes. Fictive but- kin. That sounds like a sounds like a fucking RPG like <laughs> like class that you could choose. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rogue it, it, fictive kin. It makes me think of uh, of the movie Matilda. Yeah, the yeah, story yeah. Matilda. Mm. Like, movie, uh, right. and I I used Great to um, you know I, love I, that I movie. I grew up. It's funny because I grew up like um, with like my parents were together until I was fifteen, and like I had that like really like. Hmm. middle class average upbringing in in like the Canadian suburbs and uh it's weird because I remember seeing the movie Matilda at like age six or seven or whatever and kind of like fantasizing about like my teacher adopting me because it was like this like amazingly romantic story um yeah about like I felt the same way about like how how like the the teacher was so loving and supportive and like really like uh, brought the best out of Matilda's life. And I was like, I want to be adopted by my teacher. My parents suck. Yeah. <laughs> and you had, and you had, and you had horrible aunts and uncles. Um, I, I just looked up the, the definition of fictive. I mean, obviously it's a very clo- It sounds very close to fiction, but um, it means uh, created by the imagination. So I guess it's like a relationship, like a kin, like a kinship hmm. created uh-huh. by your imagination. You guys are like my fictive brothers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I like that. Um, so, so these, so these children just kind of fall into your, your laps. Um, but how old are they? What's their, what? Uh, so they are, they are a year, about a year and a week apart. Um, the oldest will turn three in a couple of days and the youngest will turn two. Whoa. Dude, terrible twos. Terrible twos. Both of them at the same time. Yeah. Oh my God. And okay. So, so I mean, okay. Fuck. I mean, COVID aside, this is a this is a a huge life shift. Um, yeah. Um, and and you know, I mean, I, okay. So so let let's put COVID to the to the to the sidelines for just a second. Um, what what has been the biggest shift for you in terms of like one day just deciding? Okay, yeah, we're gonna take two toddlers and and just like bring them into our life into our home um so i i do have i say i have an alphabet soup of illnesses because i just have like a bunch of random stuff and i'm very used to being able to like take time when i need it or Mm. go lay down or take a nap or 
we're not doing anything today because I need to rest. And like, I don't mm. really have that capability now. Yeah. Um, it's not really, I mean, honestly, I have a really great partner and she takes a lot of the weight for me when I need her to. Um, but she's also, my cat just jumped up here. Um, mm-hmm. She also um, has never really been around kids before. Like, she knows our nieces and nephews who are young, but she's never cared for kids before. So this is, like, a huge learning curve for her, figuring out how to, like, meet a toddler's needs at all times. Yeah, that's. I imagine that's crazy because, like, uh-huh. when, when you said their ages, I was like, that's a that's a fucking baby. And, like, not to, like, yes. not to like um, discount, like, the first year of what it's like to be be a parent, but, like, when a kid is, like, what, just, just turning, like, two years old mm. or whatever, like, that's still a baby. <laughs> Like it's a yeah. fucking baby, and and you don't have like that nine months of of pregnancy, that first mm-hmm. full year to like understand like how to you know do all the research to like take care of it. It's like all of a all sudden right. like hey, and even go. the time, <laughs> and even the time from 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 the time they're born till till they're two. I mean, even that is like a significant chunk of learning. Well, and I mean, I have I have a I have a sister. My sister in law adopted uh, two kids. Uh, I guess that would have been about a year and a half ago now. And uh, they were three and six. And I mean, you, you are, you are pick, you're like, you're being passed the torch um, in a, in a sense. And it is, um, and it can be really difficult to find out like, Hey, where three and six is a, a little bit different from, from your, from your scenario, but like, you know, close with one of them. And it's like, you're not really sure like what, what was, so what's the past experience and what, what are they coming to you with? And, and, and where are they in terms of like, you know, you haven't been around them for that. There's, there's, there's a lot of like stuff to show that the first like three or four years are like, are like the most crucial time of, of development. And like, like future development is actually based off of, you know, not to go like too deep on like, you know, what these kids will be like for the rest of their lives. But um, you know, it's not an insignificant period of your life, obviously. Right. And, uh, and, and that can be a, a massive challenge, not to mention just like the massive shift in your life. Like you said, right. you, you're usually, you're able to, you were usually able to rest and to do, do the things that you need to do if you're not feeling, you know, quite up to the day. And all of a sudden you've got two kids in your lap and it's like, not anymore because right, that, exactly. that space isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. There's no sleeping in at all. There's no, like, it's like you're on whether mm-hmm. you can be or want to be or need to be. You so have, what, you are. So what was, what like, was the, the prep time, like? Yeah, what was the turnaround time? Like, how how, how, how much time did you have before the, the call of going, you're, you're fictive kin. Uh, do you want do you want kids uh, along with all those cats? <laughs> and and uh, to actually getting those kids. Yeah. So um, they were placed in care on March 31st. March 31st, yeah, and we found out about them the morning of April 1st, and they were in our, our home April 7th. Whoa. Wow. Holy sweet Jesus. How okay, quickly, so-, so you said April 1st to April 7th, like how mm-hmm. quickly, um, and how much of, of it is your decision, then how quickly after you make that decision do they end up in the house? So we pretty quickly made our decision the day we found out just, you know, they need somewhere to go and we're just going to go ahead and be that place to go, especially with COVID and all of that. Um, not a lot. There's more kids going into care 
and there are less people taking kids. Mm -hmm. So the system is very overloaded right now with too many kids and not enough places to go, which is typical anyways, but it's just, it's just gotten worse. Um, so we decided that we needed to do it. There really wasn't any reason for us to say no right now. So, um, made the decision that day and got started on the process. And that was background checks, fingerprinting interviews, um, they did a home study, but they couldn't do it in the usual way that they do. Uh, so they did it over FaceTime. Mm. So we just walked a caseworker around on our phone, like showing them the kid's room and showing them all of the childproofing and the fire extinguisher and all of the stuff that we're required to have. Um, it was like a two hour process of being on the phone to do that. And then, um, we found out they were coming to us for sure on the 6th and got them the next day. Holy yeah. Shit. So through those first like five days, it was like, well, here's the process. We'll see if we can get you approved. We're see if we're going to see if this is going to count because there are legal guidelines to what fictive kin can be, of course. And it was, is this going to, is, does this relationship qualify? Do you have enough of a connection to these kids for it to work? And then on the 6th, we got a call and said we can bring them to you tomorrow did you know them before did you know them before or so no that was the part that they really had to work on is because i i know some i know their family and Mm -hmm. i've met their mother Mm -hmm. um and i have connections to their family but i'd never met the kids so that was where Mm -hmm. they had to kind of look and see if that was going to work right what i mean so you know april 1st um that we we were the world was in the middle of like sheer panic mode because of covid you know like it was it was like a really yeah that was um, early days it, it was it was yeah two it was weeks, like earlier you know it was like it was when things were really like shit was really hitting the fan um <clears throat> What, uh, I don't, I don't know what it's, I've been to Arkansas, I've been to, I've been to Little Rock, I've been to Hot Springs, uh-huh. um, beautiful, beautiful place. Oh, yeah. Um, b- um, uh, but I, but I can't, I can't wrap my head around, like, what, what has it been like there? You know, I know it's, I know you're in the South, it's a little more of like a conservative, uh-huh. um, thinking down in the, it, it, down in that state, like has, yes. ha- was there a lot of resistance to, to closing things down, to, um, to like self-isolation, those types of mm-hmm. things? So um, I work, we, me and my wife both work in the schools. She's an eighth grade English teacher and I do occupational therapy with kids. Oh, cool. And so when the first case You guys was are like a- perfect fucking parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, you're like Matilda parents. Yeah. <laughs> We're just Matilda. That's the whole thing, actually. I just Fuck, stole I love that movie. story. <laughs> right, I'm going to watch that tonight. Uh, I cut you off there. I cut you off there. <laughs> No, um, so when the first case in the state was announced, um, I was at work and I was with a kid in a session and the news alert went off on my phone and I opened it and it was like the first case in Arkansas and I was like, oh no, I just assumed it was going to be in a different part of the state because it's like more populous and travelers and stuff there. I opened my phone and it's like, no, it's in this city at this hospital. And I look out the window and I see the hospital that it's at. And I was like, okay, so I wonder what happens next. And there was a lot of discussion about, are we, are we closing schools? What happens next? Um, they closed school for one day to start with. 
to figure out what to do next. And at that point, we thought school will close for a week. And then the week following that is supposed to be spring break anyways. So Mm -hmm. we'll just take two weeks and surely we'll come back. Everyone was surely we'll come back. Well, after those two weeks, they were like, yeah, actually, we're just going to go ahead and not go back this year at all. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and that was when it started to ramp up. But for those first two weeks, we didn't really know what was going to happen next. And we mm. knew that it was kind of exploding everywhere else. But here, the cases didn't seem to be um, like exploding as quickly. We were getting some cases, but they were isolated and... Uh, at that point, we were staying home anyways uh, because I have conditions and I'm not mm-hmm. willing to risk You're it. You're not going to screw around with that. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> we're already trying to open back up the status. They're right. opening gyms and hair salons and dine-in restaurants and everything else. Mm. And it's definitely not something that I'm ready for. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people are, but it is a more conservative state. Our governor is conservative so they're looking at different factors and it might be it's interesting hard to tell now but like uh because it's because really it's all you know within the process of fostering and and adopting uh during covid but like how do you think how do you think a global pandemic has has altered that experience for you and your wife Um, I can tell that it really has because our, like our kids are not getting a lot of the services they should be getting right now. Um, they were, they're supposed to have physicals and psychological evals and dental, you know, Mm. exams and vision. And we can't do any of that right now. Um, I had to take a kid, take one of them to urgent care the other night because she had an issue that could have been solved with a regular pediatrician visit. But we couldn't do that because pediatricians won't see kids right now. Mm. So um, a lot of it is we're isolated. Um, We can't have family members come and help. There's no break. Um, It's something that, like, I mean, they can't go to daycare. Uh, Mm. we're, We're both working from home. So it's just the four of us in the house all day, every day. And it, it has been overwhelming some days to not be able to, you know, call my mom or call my brother and say, hey, can can you guys just come help for an hour? You know, um, we can't do that because it's just not safe for us. So, right. Yeah, right. I, I remember um, uh, somebody once equated. Uh, uh, they were telling me about uh, when you when you adopt kids, um you there's like this immediate feeling that you just all of a sudden love them like your own and the way that they equated to me was like when you um when you get a pet or you get a dog uh you know how how much people love their dogs it's just like they they feel like even though they didn't give birth to that dog it's their fur baby it's their pet um right in bringing those kids what's that (laughs) say what's a fur fur baby. baby Don't that's say what it. I call just you. Don't, just don't say it. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Little fur baby. <laughs> um, but that. but I'm wondering okay. is now that now that it's been um, almost a month since you've had the kids, has that been your experience? Can you speak to that a little bit? Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I think. I mean. I don't have anything to compare it to other than my dog, which you know, not really comparable. But 
Um, we do, I mean, they're quirky and they're funny and they do just the wildest things and we do really, really love them. But right now, um, you know, they might go home. Um, and that's what we want really in the long term. When kids come into foster care, the goal is reunification that, Mm. that the biological parents are going to get the supports that they need and the help that they need to be in a place where the kids can come home. And right now, that's that's what we're trying to do. We want to make sure that their mom gets the help she needs and is in a position to bring them home. And we're, we're not sure it'll happen. We don't know. Um, and court is hard right now because of the virus. Uh, they're doing a lot of things through FaceTime and Zoom and uh, holding essential hearings, but a lot of it is delayed because of the virus. And so we're just waiting to see what the plan's going to be and what mom needs to do and what support she needs to get her kids back. Um, and so we just like love them in the meantime, you know, mm-hmm. make sure they have a safe place. Um, try to minimize the effects on them. There there's going to be long-term effects. You know, there's a lot of research that shows, you know, the stuff that foster kids go through leaves that lasting effect. And, um, we're all, I mean, they have some separation anxiety. They can't be away from us. They can't be away from each other. Um, it's, it's hard for them, but it's hard for mom too, because normally in this situation, she would be getting visits with her kids and she would be able to see them twice a week and hold them and love them. And right now, all she gets is a FaceTime visit. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's been hard too, but I mean, I think, yeah, we, we do love them. And, um, I don't, you know, a lot of people have that immediate bond and I think a lot of people don't, and I, I don't think there's any right way to feel. Um, because you know, it's not really, I don't feel like it's a process that humans were like evolved to experience. Mm. And so it, it can be a mental thing. Like you you look at it and say like, if this kid, if I had birthed this kid, would I love them differently? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that there's probably a case if there is a case, an evolutionary case to be made, it's probably that it's the opposite to not mm-hmm. to not feel that way towards children that aren't your own. Evolutionarily speaking, I mean, right. I think I think that we have we all have we we have developed over time the capacity mm-hmm. to to take on the love of some of of a child that isn't that we didn't you know that we didn't give birth to or play a part in their birth. But um, but yeah, I mean. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from the sense of like looking and looking at other species and like how they've, how they, right, how they can right. sometimes be not super great towards, mm-hmm. uh, towards their own, towards kin that aren't theirs. Well, and that's the, the reaction that we've got from a lot of people is, I don't know how you do that. I would get too attached. That would be too hard. I would mm-hmm. get too attached. And that's the point. The point is that you get attached right, because yeah. their need for you know, compassion and love and connectedness doesn't stop just because they're not with their biological parents. Like that's something that every person needs Mm. and you don't, you can't guard yourself from that because it might be hard for you if they Mm. leave or when they leave, you have to be open and willing to giving that to them. Yeah. Especially when they, when they're in that position and they, and they need, they need that support because, um, you know, speaking from my, from, from my experience with people that I know who have adopted kids, um, and, and similar to, to, to what you said, you know, your experiences with a dog, like I, I, I rescued a dog who was in a, a really, a really bad 
situation. Um, um, and that there is something to, there is something when I, when I look at, when I look at this dog, I, I'm constantly reminded of, you know, if I didn't do this or, or me and the people that were around me and supported me in that didn't, didn't take action and do this thing, then, you know, this, that, this, that this creature would still be in this horrible situation. And I don't know what it, where it would Uh be or what it would be doing now. And there's like a, there's like an immense sense of pride in even, even though I look back on the first, uh, on the, on the, on especially the first little bit of, of taking care of him. And it was like the most stressful situation I found myself in because of his attitude and his, like, you know, he was, I didn't know if he could have him around dogs and was he dangerous and protective about all these things. And, you know, again, like not necessarily comparable, but there are similarities between, you know, attitudes that you're bringing on when kids come into a home. And, but now like looking at him, I'm like, fuck, if I didn't do that, then you might still be there. And that is a, that's a a different type of special feeling and relationship Uh that you have, that you have. Yeah. You you talk about, um, you talk about uh, like biologically the way that we love and I think back of the conversation that we had with um, Tim not too long ago about mindfulness and meditation and how human beings are evolving and I think like it, it just makes me think like what if we had the capacity to love everybody on this planet the way that parents love their children and you know imagine what a world would look like if we cared that much about each other Um, the way we care about our own kids and I feel like I feel like we are evolving in that direction you know whether it takes a hundred years a thousand years or Uh another million years I I feel optimistic about the trajectory of the capacity to love as human beings um, the the trajectory that that's going in yeah I, I I can agree with that I think I see that for sure well, this has been this has has been as heartwarming as <laughs> Matilda, and I wow. am I am elated that we uh, that we had an opportunity to connect with you today, Hannah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, coming into this, I I for whatever reason I I was like I I had this assumption that like oh you had adopted these kids and like this is this is the this is the life that you're living now and and uh, but it's it, it you're in a very different situation than I than I thought you were and it's um I I think that uh I mean I, I'm it's probably safe to say that there's a lot of people listening right now that that are feeling pretty grateful that people like yourself exist who are who are out there and putting themselves in a in a situation where they are opening their arms and opening their hearts so wide and bringing some children into their life that really need you in this moment and uh and and who knows what that will mean for the future with you and and those kids but um in the meantime you know i feel like you're you're truly a a hero to those to those kids whether they know it or not so thank you for for taking the time to sit down yeah. and shoot the shit with us and, and course, share with yeah. us your experience yeah thank it's you really cool been a good time you know <laughs> it's uh, different to watch you talk you know, like. <laughs> yeah totally yeah right <laughs> yeah uh we'll stay safe down there in arkansas and uh and next time next time uh we're in town we'll we'll let you know and we'll we'll hit you up uh, yeah I've, I've, come been on to, down. I've been to arkansas twice which is which is i find like kind of because i feel like arkansas is a bit of a 
uh, a bit of like a random place for me to have been. Yeah, well, I've <laughs> been in Nova Scotia once. That, what really? You know, there you go. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah, sweet. Uh, we've got friends. Um, my wife went to college with some friends who played golf for the school that she went to, and so that's where they live. So we. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Come to visit. Yeah. Well, Sweet. someday our our paths will cross and uh and, yeah, well, and if not, we'll just we'll see you on uh, on Call of Duty or something with those. Yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. Thank you, Hannah. Have yeah. uh, have a great day. Yeah. All right. And there you go. Uh, what a sweet little tale. Um, uh, and again, if you, if you, you know, the reason we, we, we found Hannah and we're talking to her is she was one of those people that actually submitted a, a Feel Good Friday listener story. So if you have a, an interesting or curious or cute um, or, or empowering tale about your quarantine experience or COVID, um, send your emails to intern at sickboypodcast.com. And we'd love to... Uh, I mean, in the very least, share your story through text. Uh, but who knows? Maybe we'll give you a call and, and talk to you on the podcast. Um, guys, I love doing these Friday episodes with all y'all. And actually, you know what? You know what, Lauren? As much as we fucking grind your gears, it's uh, it's really nice to have to have you as a as a co-host as well. It's uh, it's always fun having mm-hmm. you on the show. It is a beautiful oh, now thing. I'm getting all misty like I'm looking at a hedgehog. Oh, oh, sure. oh shut the fuck up. Don't make, it, don't make it weird. My God. All right. Uh, all right, everyone. We love you all. We hope you're having a great day. Hunker down. Wash your hands. And uh, don't touch your eyeballs. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm, I'm Lauren. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sit Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.